Good evening, church family. I greet you in the name of Jesus Christ. Thank you for carving out some time in your day or evening uh, in joining me in this sixth session in the letters of John about faith conquers. Let me open up with a word of prayer and we will get right into God's Word. Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, it is faith, Lord, that is most important. For faith conquers. Faith conquers doubt. Faith conquers uh, the uh, devil himself. Uh, faith, oh God, is strong. It's powerful. It's being able to see the unseen and trusting Lord, in your presence. Lord, we pray for faith. We need faith. Lord, uh, help us, Lord, when we wrestle, when we struggle with our faith, Lord. I pray, Lord, in the name of Jesus Christ, Lord, that through it all that we can ultimately trust. Trust in you. Trust in your presence. Trust in the healing and saving name of Jesus Christ. Amen. So, uh, church, I'd like to uh, begin by reading uh, our session for this evening. So, please uh, turn with me if you have your uh, Bibles nearby. I'm going to 1 John chapter 5, and I'm going to read verses 1 through 12. God is life, faith in the Son of God. Beginning with verse 1 of chapter 5. Everyone who believes that Jesus is the Christ has become a child of God. And everyone who loves the Father loves his children too. We know we love God's children if we love God and obey his commandments. Loving God means keeping his commandments. And his commandments are not burdensome. For every child of God defeats this evil world, and we achieve this victory through our faith. And who can win this battle against the world? Only those who believe that Jesus is the Son of God. And Jesus Christ was revealed as God's Son by his baptism in water and the shedding of his blood on the cross. Not by water only, but by water and blood. And the Spirit, who is truth, confirms it with his testimony. So we have these three witnesses, the water, the, the Spirit, and the blood. And all three agree. Since we believe human testimony, surely we can believe the greater testimony that comes from God. And God has testified about his Son. All who believe in the Son of God know in their hearts that this testimony is true. Those who don't believe this are actually calling God a liar because they don't believe what God has testified about the Son. And this is what God has testified. He has given us eternal life, and this life is in His Son. And whoever has the Son has life. Whoever does not have God's Son does not have life. And church, this is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Amen. 
Church, I, j- just a, a comment as I was reading this again. Uh, the Apostle John uh, very clearly outlines a strong Christian doctrine about who Jesus Christ is, about who God is. Just keep in mind that uh, as he was writing this, there were concerns uh, of those who were in the local church about claiming that, that Jesus was not the Son of God. So he wanted to, wanted to lay out a very clear-cut Christian doctrine, a very Christ-centered doctrine about who Jesus was. And when we believe in this Son of Man and the Son of God, this is what we will receive. But he, he wanted to be very rock-solid for those believers because there were many, I'm going to use my words, dissenters within within the body of Christ that were saying something completely different and quite quite frankly uh, the opposite. Uh, he even called them the the antichrist or anti-messiahs. But 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 that's that's as as to why. So uh, I, I'm just going to turn to just a few notes. Uh, and just on a funny note, I, I've been looking for uh, the book to this study, and I have not been able to find it anywhere. I, I remember putting it down uh, at the house, uh, and things just uh, disappear in my house. So I, I'm sure it has everything to do with uh, with a one-year-old who lives with us. So uh, Rachel was kind enough to print it out for me, and I'm very thankful uh, for you, Rachel, so thank you for that. So, I, I am using a handout copy of, uh, of our study for this week, and until I find uh, the book, which I may not, because I've literally looked under uh, everything to find it, um, I'm, I may be, in fact, using handouts until we finish. So, with all of that said, that's that's how it is. So, uh, I, I, I wanted to open... Uh, with uh, with this question that uh, that the professor uh, offers, he says this: Do you wish you could overcome? Do you wish uh, you could overcome? And what do you wish you could overcome? Okay, what is it that you wish you could? in fact, overcome? Is it some sin that's plagued you for a while? Is it an illness? Is, is, it, uh, is it some kind of self-inflicted wound that you're, that, 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 that you're working through, praying yourself through? What do you wish that you could overcome? Now hold that thought, and uh, he builds on this idea about overcoming, okay? Overcoming. And then, you know, my follow-up to that question is, of course, how, how much of what we overcome, can, can overcome from, uh, can be done ourselves? Or how much of that ultimately needs someone else or or a higher power, okay? So what what is it that you need to overcome? Okay, here's just a little aside here. In John's Gospel, the writer emphasizes that when the centurion pierced Jesus' side with his spear, water and blood came out. Now, the biblical reference there is John 19.34. The writer says this is something that he can personally vouch for. His witness is true. The death of Jesus 
with the water and the blood already separated shows beyond the, a shadow of a doubt that his death was in fact real. It gives the lie to any who say that it didn't really happen or that he didn't die or that he really uh, wasn't fully human or came in the flesh. So John is now coming back to his controversy with the uh, anti-Christ uh, or, or the anti-Messiah teachers who denied that Jesus had come, truly come, in the flesh. They were prepared to acknowledge a figure called, in quotes, Jesus, who seemed to be human, but they couldn't allow that this Jesus would actually die, that he would really be dead. That is to the point to which the Spirit then bears witness. Through the testimony in the Gospel narrative and in the work of the Spirit in the individual hearts and minds of the believer. So it, it, it takes a spiritual force, a spiritual entity, then uh, the professor is getting at to uh, reveal this uh, ultimately, not with just human logic or, or understanding. Uh, let me skip over here and, and speak a minute about verse 11 of chapter 5. I'll, I'll read it again. It says this, And this is what God has testified. He has given us eternal life, and this life is in His Son. The professor says, I mentioned the following in regard to 1 John chapter 1, verse 2, and it bears repeating here. The Greek word for age, A-G-E, found in chapter 5, verse 11, has often been translated as eternal or eternity. Thus, 5.11 should be translated, this is the witness. God has given us the life of the age to come, and this life is in his Son. Without this, modern readers have the misimpression that John and other early Christian writers who refer to God's new age were thinking of something eternal in the sense of purely spiritual rather than something concerning the world of space, time, and matter. That's what people often hear when they read the phrase eternal life, which is what many translations have in chapter 511. Professor says this, this is mistaken, though. John has in mind a new life we live, here's the key word, now. It begins now, not in some non-material existence in heaven. So John, Paul, and Jesus were in line with what ancient Jews believed, that the world history was divided into two periods or ages. There was the present age, which was full of misery and suffering, injustice, and oppression. And there was the age to come, the time when God would, in fact, sort it all out. He would put everything right, and he would, in particular, rescue his people from the evil they had suffered. So, 
I wanted to uh, mention that, and, and also, also, you, you, you know, just just offer this too. You, you know, we we certainly think about salvation, eternal life, as dealing with something to come. But but let me just place this on your heart: having faith in Jesus Christ and receiving eternal life. Why why can't that reality? Why can't that existence happen? now for the believer as well and and live live with that hope live with that reality now knowing that you have received it but also this is something to come as well just be thinking about that you know not not a goal that you will receive in fact well of course it is a goal that you will receive after right but what about the gift being given to you and I now? But it starts, of course, with faith, with trust. And that's given to us by the grace of God, Scripture tells us. Okay, let me make one more transition. I, I wanted to add just a, a few more notes to uh, the fifth chapter of John that I, I, I found helpful here. So be, bear with me a moment. In the open, opening verses of this chapter, John gives obedience as the identifying factor indicating that we love God and that we love fellow believers. Our love for God and fellow believers is also evidence of our faith in Jesus Christ, who is the Messiah, the Anointed One. All of this is inseparable. Okay. In the previous chapter, John makes it clear that if we do not accept Christ, we are not of God, he says. And also that if we do not love fellow believers, we are not of God. We cannot say we love God if we don't love our fellow believers. And if we love fellow believers, we are showing that we also love God. But simply saying that we have this love doesn't make it true, right? Just giving it, giving it um, a word speak there. Uh, the way we know it is true is by our obedience then to God's commands, and that's key. One of his commands is to love fellow believers, and our obedience to this command will be evidenced then by our willingness to sacrifice for them. Uh, out! Of all of this flows then our faith in Jesus Christ. This faith in Christ enables us to conquer the world because he has already conquered the world, Scripture says. We can be certain of the truth of these things because of the three that testify uh, of them, okay? And it's this, he says, that is the spirit, that is the water, and that is the blood. We are willing to accept the testimony of men, but this testimony that comes from God is in fact greater, more valuable than that of men, and that we should even be more willing then to accept it. Two other things here. Armed with this certainty, we can also be certain of two other truths, that we have eternal life and that whenever we ask according to God's will, He then hears us. When we are then encouraged to use this confidence in prayer to pray for fellow believers, 
who we see then committing sin, we pray then that God will give them life. We should also pray that they then abide in Christ. So in the closing verses of the letter of John, it says that those who are in Jesus Christ are kept from the evil one and thus kept from sin. Throughout John's letter, he has emphasized our need to abide in Christ. We must not only believe in him, but abide in him to fully benefit from our relationship with him. So I, I, I think that is that is clear cut and, and it's something that you know I, I think all uh, people of faith should certainly give credence to uh, trusting, but are we obeying to we? Are, are we abiding? It's, it's, it's this two-pronged commitment of, of discipleship. Maybe we're doing one good and maybe we're lax in the other, but together, right, the scripture says, God hears, you know. So consider that, please. Uh, do do some prayerful uh, reflection on that as you spend some time in, in chapter uh, 5. Trust and obey. I, I'll leave you with that and with that great hymn. I think it certainly applies uh, here. So uh, we will um, then finish up for uh, next week. We've gone through verse uh, 12. So what we'll do is we'll pick up with the conclusion of chapter 5 uh, with verse 13 and we'll go through 21 for next week and we'll be uh, finished with at least the first letter of John. So with all of that said, you have a wonderful evening. Uh, allow me if you would to pray for us. Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, O oh God, to trust and obey. Lord, there's something beautiful about that. There's something uh, powerful about that. There's something very challenging uh, about that because we're ultimately putting self and our will uh, aside and trusting beyond self, obeying uh, beyond self, beyond man, and we're trusting and obeying, Lord. You're powerful, you're spiritual, you're uh, invisible presence. Lord, uh, if we slacked off, if we've uh, become lazy, Lord, in those two areas, I, I pray that you give us guidance and, and newfound divine strength, Lord, to do those very things. Lord, thank you for this study. Thank you for the Apostle John. Lord, in all things, Lord, I pray that we can be refreshed and encouraged always from your word. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Church, you have a wonderful evening. Take care, and God bless you, and I will see you next week.